also, also, seriously, was his name Hori? Or, like, I couldn't, they kept saying what I thought was Hori, <laughs> but that's no way a name. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 317, with a review of This Is Where I Leave You. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film... (laughs) Over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Obviously, if you're looking at our feed right now... Part of the reason I had verbal diarrhea was that uh, we were recording a lot of stuff. Um, yes. Weird. Like we, I saw five movies. Carson, you saw four, right? Or did you see something uh, else but not The Maze Runner? Um, I saw. Well, yeah, yeah. I saw three movies yesterday, and I saw Tusk Friday, and then I saw. I saw No Good Deed on Wednesday, so I guess I saw five or six. Okay, I don't, so you, I've you seen saw a lot of movies. No Good Deed. <laughs> I oh, did. Wow. It was. It was um, awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how many how many tusks would you give no good deed uh none <laughs> okay zero well, that's straight up f, f um but yeah f we, minus we we've uh i think only three actual episodes will appear in the feed we got the skeleton twins uh tusk um and then this review of this is where i leave you um but we also we both saw um a walk among the tombstones yes um, so we're just going to briefly mention that real fast and what we thought of it just because i don't i can't handle recording another episode we've, <laughs> we've, been, we've been recording since nine o'clock this morning and it's now about uh, almost about 12 so we've um, expounded all of our energy on other things yeah so why don't you just uh so basically walk among the tombstones is uh liam neeson is this ex uh detective cop guy who basically uh, you know, accidentally shot a child in the eye. Yeah, oops. <laughs> and and uh, lost his job. Um, but he is now doing sort of off books detective type work. Where yeah, he's like a PI now. Yeah, basically people give him gifts for solving problems for them in the way of investigating different <laughs> things. Um, and uh, he encounters one guy who had his wife kidnapped and murdered. And uh, yeah, sort of a tale of him walking among tombstones. <laughs> <laughs> like like one does. Yes, actually, I guess that's just an allusion to the end of the film because yeah, the end of the film takes place in a cemetery. In a cemetery, um, right? There may or may and, not and be there's a, there's some things happen in a cemetery too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some of those things don't involve walking. Right. No. Or at least some of those people might not walk again. <laughs> they, they they were walking into a uh, the pool and finding things. Yes. Um. But uh, yeah. What what did you think of the film, Carson? Um. I actually, I don't, I mean, obviously, this is a new Liam Neeson film. Like, I'm excited to watch anything that Liam Neeson is in, uh, especially if he's in, you know, his action mode. Um, But the trailer for the movie, it didn't really sell me. I mean, obviously, I was going to watch it, but uh, it just looked sort of like more of the same, you know, uh, like what we've been seeing, like, nonstop. Like, it kind of just felt like, okay, Liam Neeson is, is still doing his thing but he's kind of getting tired of it now but um i was actually very surprised by the film like i i enjoyed it like i i thought it was n- it was not what i was expecting in a good way like it was completely um different it is not like a, a typical liam neeson punching people movie um <laughs> liam you know liam neeson is this 
he's this badass, you know, detective, but, uh, you know, he's not really, he's conveying his badassness through different forms, you know, and obviously he does get to punch and shoot at people, but, uh, it almost feels like they took like a Taken-esque plot, a Liam Neeson plot that would be completely silly and ridiculous and classed it up because it does feel like a very classically made film. Um, it, it has like a sort of noir-ish feel and there's a very 70s-esque score and uh, the movie takes place actually in 1999, which I wasn't, I didn't know. And uh, that that gives another interesting you know, flavor to the atmosphere. And, uh, it, it does kind of feel like one of those, like, like, you know, back when all like in like basically between 94 and 99, we got all these like serial killer and killer movies, like, you know, seven and eight millimeter natural born killers. Like it, it felt like it could have come out during that time. Um, because the, the plot of the movie is pretty scary and creepy and, and awful. Um, and I jokingly mentioned, I saw no good deed, which also, yeah, uh, is about there's a lot of violence against women in that movie and it's, it's done very very poorly um, and in here there is a lot of violence against women but I feel like it's um, it's done it's handled well and it's handled in a way where you're just like I really want these guys to, to pay you know like I can't <laughs> yeah. wait I can't wait till Liam Neeson just like crushes these people and of course <laughs> when he gets on uh, like there's a pivotal scene where you know like he doesn't take and he gets on the phone and it's pretty badass. Like, like, dude, the the, the phone scene in Taken is badass. You know, like when he's threatening <laughs> no, I, them. I, I thought he was gonna go into the same monologue. Like, <laughs> I have a special set of skills. I mean, like that that monologue is awesome. But hearing that monologue in like an R-rated sense is like even more awesome because he's basically just telling him like you know what he can't say in a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, like I feel like the movie is very deliberately paced i mean it's very slow but it's not boring and i think the the that we build the characters and once we get to the final scenes where you know he's on the phone he's threatening them and, and we actually get to the point where he's going to confront them like the the stakes have been raised so high that i i thought like you know that that we actually took the time to get invested in like what these creepers are doing and how liam neeson is going to find them that just made everything more hard hitting to me at the end where you're just like, oh man, like I just can't wait till these people just die. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Sorry, what was that? No, I said, so yeah, like I, I enjoyed it. Like it, it's a, it's, it's very dark, but it's it done in a good way. Like, I don't know if you saw the movie, The Lookout, but it's the same director. Um, that was, Scott, was that the one with Joseph Gordon-Levitt? In yeah, it? Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, that, that I thought was a really underrated film. Um, and Scott Frank, who wrote and directed that um he's like a big time screenwriter um and that was his first movie was the lookout and that, then that now, was the one where he had like wrecked the car with the girl in it and then yeah and he so kind of had a little like, off he had like amnesia a little bit and yeah like, so he, he was basically what, what's his face's character from this is where i leave you <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> except for he was the lookout during bank heist instead of exactly. being the guy looking out across the yard at uh tina right Fey. yeah and sort of staring longingly at her he was uh, yeah right. but i thought that was a, a totally underrated movie and i think this is kind of in the same vein like i think it's underrated like i i think that it's uh a lot better than i thought it was going to be 
Yeah, the, the, the first the first time I watched the trailer, I was actually like kind of excited for a new Liam Neeson film, and I I was you know on board with like the little spy not spy but like detective y kind of like problem solving aspect of it i think uh i got desensitized a little bit to it as i continued to see the trailer every time i went to the theaters yeah um, but i was i was pleasantly optimistic to see um the film especially considering i'd actually heard some murmurings of some positive stuff towards it um and, and, and i do i think i liked about half the film like in general i thought it was a proficient film but i think uh, the the part that the trailer sold to me, which was like the detective aspect of it, I think was sort of let go a little bit in exchange for more of the revengey stuff, which I thought was executed perfectly. Like I, I think this is one of those films where uh, the the revengey plot is, is is handled well, but the story that incites everything is a little bit. Um, it's not like the the actual plot, like how the people are are. Um, how the people chose their their targets, who those people are, and what's going on. That was actually really interesting. Like I thought that was that was yeah. um, the reveal oh, of no, that. Those those two guys were creepy as shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were. Um, but like that 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 aspect of the film, I actually really enjoyed. I kind of I, I felt that the film sh- sh- sort of shortchanged the investigative aspect of the film because it was kind of like. The first place I go, a guy gives me answers and then jumps off a roof, which is in the trailers, no spoilers. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so like, that, that scene, like, happened. It's not like later on he does a bunch of work to find that guy. It's like he immediately gets that guy's name, goes to him, and the guy says, it wasn't me, it was these other two guys, and then just, like, disappears. And then, like, I, I really, but I really liked uh, Liam Neeson's interactions with that kid he finds in the library. Like, oh, I yeah, thought, the kid I thought, from uh, Earth to Echo. Yeah, yeah, that's, that, I was wondering where I remember that kid yeah. from, um, which, or that echo, not good. Not um, good. He was good in this movie, though. Yeah, like, I, I really like that aspect. I don't know why, but, like, a, an old man, like, <laughs> with, like, a kid under his wing, kind of, like, they had the same kind of chemistry that um, Keanu Reeves and Shia LaBeouf have in Constantine, where right. it's, like, it's, like, the kid really wants to be a detective and, like, have a gun and, like, solve all these crimes, and he's just kind of, like, going into situations he's totally underqualified for, um, and then, but then just having that interaction together, like, I, I thought that was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> Dude, how awesome was it when he's just like, yeah, you see that gun? He's like, why don't you load it and just shoot yourself in the <laughs> face? Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. And he's like, what? He's like, that's what's going to happen. Well, I no. like that he treated the kid not like a kid. I mean, like, there's a scene in, in the library where he's like, are you hungry? Do you want to eat something? He's like, oh, I don't eat meat. He's like, all right, we'll see you later. Like, he yeah. basically just like... <laughs> You know, he's not, uh, he doesn't treat him like uh, a child. He treats him like an adult. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I, he's, I, he's being straight with him. Yeah, so I think I think in general, I, I enjoyed the film a lot, um, and I thought it was done well. Definitely a lot of creepy stuff with, with the, the, you know, villains of the film. Um, I, th- I think the, 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 unfortunately the family victims are all like really shitty people themselves. Like it's all drug dealers and stuff. So it's, it's like, you yeah. kind oh, of except like. Except for the, sort of the end family, I guess. They're not as terrible. Yeah. Oh, no, no, never mind. I take that back. <laughs> I was like, uh, they're all sort I of I just remembered bosses. that it was like all connected. Yeah. <laughs> we can we can erase that. But, uh, you know, no, I mean, yeah, like, they, I mean, he's working for shady individuals. And that's sort of implied that that's all he that's all the kind of work that he kind of gets. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah. has to get off off books work, but he he's right, right. Um, and and also, he kind of doesn't want to take this job because he knows no, he that the guys are drug dealers and stuff. Yeah. But he kind of Which, gets suckered into it because there's some people who are you know, like that aren't necessarily deserving of what is happening to them. 
Which two uh, two things by the the main uh, Kenny the drug dealer uh, played by Dan Stevens uh, who's also in the guest which is an amazing film, um, but Dan Stevens is like quickly becoming an actor. Um, I don't know if he he was I don't watch the show but he was on Downton Abbey, and uh, he played like a like a Hugh Grant like kind of British like fop, uh, okay. uh, stammering sort of like romantic. And now he's like in the guest and in this movie he's playing like a like a pretty badass like he does a really great American accent. I don't I just like he's he's an actor to watch. Um, and also the other the guy who played his brother, which I thought was funny, is the scuba instructor from the Skeleton Twins. <laughs> was it? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so there you go. I didn't realize that. Um <laughs> But yeah, so there you have it. That's our quick-ish uh, conversation on A Walk Among the Tombstones. Yeah, um, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was definitely... I think I liked it more because it wasn't... I was pleasantly surprised, you know? Like, it wasn't what I was expecting, so... Yeah. But uh, what do you say, Carson, we get to the main attraction, which is a review of This Is Where I Leave You. Um, as, as I mentioned in in uh, our past one of our past reviews, I don't remember if it was the Tus- Tusk Review... Or, oh, right. Um, this is where you reveal yeah, which, which movie. By the way, I already messaged Steven <laughs> to let him know. Because <laughs> um, well, I figured... he was really wanting to know. So Yeah, well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to forget. So I was like, oh, I'll message him now that we're recording. Um, but basically, I'd said in one of our other episodes that I watched three films on this particular day. One is This Arrive, Leave You. One was The Skeleton Twins. And then one was the movie Smashed. And I liked one of those a lot. And the other two, I didn't like as much. Um, so this is the big reveal coming up. But what do you say before that, little tease, uh, why don't we take a listen to the trailer for This Is Where I Leave You and then come back with our review. Three months ago, I had a great job and a nice apartment and I was in love with my wife. When? <laughs> How long? A year. This is the first time. On our sides. <sighs> Hello. I imagine by now you are well into the excessive facial hair phase of your depression. It's not a good time, Wendy. Dad's dead. What? sis mommy what's different about her the boobs she had a little touch up your father had one final request and we are gonna honor it he just wanted his kids under one roof so for the next seven days you are all grounded hit it from the backpack can i hit that hey what oh no 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 we're just sitting in an awkward silence whoops we come apart there mom Close that rope. It's just breasts, Judd. Same ones you suckled at. No, mother, those are not the same breasts you nursed us with. You got bionic breasts now. Judd Altman. What's it been, seven, eight, nine years? What happened to Quinn? You guys didn't split up, did you? She slept with my boss. Well, that'll do it. Yes, it did. Done. Right. Is it the whole world or is it just this family? You need to put a baby in that woman, like yesterday. Have you had your man parts checked? Because you may have emptied them over the years. (laughs) My room is next to yours. My room is next to yours. This is the guy that's up with my wife. Who are you coming here? I'm a Wendy Altman, bitch. Yeah, that's a princess cut. You guys are idiots, but you're my idiots. We made love on our first date. Mom. I don't mind telling you, the man was hung. That should have been the headstone. Clearly, she lost more than a husband. Starting over is complicated, and you don't do complicated, Judd. You never have. Anything can happen. Anything happens all the time. I've been chasing this idea about a perfect life. But life is unpredictable and irrational and complicated. 
<laughs> and I want a complicated life. I left the baby monitor on upstairs. Turn it off. Turn it up. Turn it up. Stick a baby in there, Paul. Shove a baby up there. It's a circle of life, everybody. Let's go, Altman's. I'm just trying to get home. Okay, so you just listened to the trailer for This Is Where I Leave You. Basically, a father and a family passes away, and the uh, the family have to come back to this house and have a, forget the Jewish word for it, the shiva or whatever. Shiva, yeah. They, <laughs> got, they, have, they got to sit shiva. Yeah, they have to sit shiva for a period of seven days because that's, that's what you do when you're doing shiva, um, which I guess means seven in yeah. hebrew or something oh that's what john ralphio explained that uh shiva means seven yeah so he took hebrew. time off from um you know suing companies in, <laughs> in the house of lies to come yeah. back and find out that his name's boner um right but anyways basically this family who are all all have their own kind of lives separate from each other they don't always get off to see them but you know they're kind of a dysfunctional family but they all come back to uh spend this time together in mourning and um you know, just kind of reconnect after having, you know, much in the same way uh, that um, in the Skeleton Twins, um, a family members come back together as somebody almost dies. In yeah. this film, somebody has died. It has nothing to do with suicide, though. But the family is coming back together um, for this period of time and kind of we're experiencing their just problems in each of their lives. Mo- most of it centers around Jason Bateman, who's our main character and yeah. sort of what is going on with him and his life. Um uh, you know, not a lot of good things happening to him in the course of this film. But uh, he's, not, he's not having a good year. Yeah. But what did you think of this film, Carson? Uh, well, I'm, all, I'm guessing that, th- that th- this is the movie that was liked out of the three. I'm just I'm going out on a limb. But uh, I I didn't... Um, I didn't hate the movie, but I think it's like a very <laughs> okay. okay so re- real, real fast. The reason <laughs> the reason you're guessing this is the one that I did like is yeah. because you didn't like it. Yeah, well, not not that, but just like from what you uh, from what you said about Smashed in the other episode, I just figured that. And you also said like, oh, it might not be what you're thinking. Like I'm like I don't know. Like it was kind of all right. So so I was so I was picking up on the hints. So your your original be. guess was smashed is the one that I didn't like, yeah, but then you yeah. changed it when I said it might not be what you're thinking. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Well, we will yeah. we will find out shortly. <laughs> yes, I. That's what I. Yes, exactly. Um, but I thought that this was, uh, like one of the most C average movies I've seen in a while. Like it is like I feel like the pure definition of a C movie. Uh, I I I mean, like I said, I didn't hate it. It's it's very watchable for sure. I mean. The cast alone is amazing, um, and I it, and also sort of disappointing because I think that the movie uh, doesn't doesn't uh, isn't up to their level. Uh, much like the Skeleton Twins, um, which Chris that was Chris's complaint about the film or criticism. Um, I think this is like even more of an extreme because there are so many good actors in it, and the movie is like so middling. Um, and it's just like a real shame i think because it's ends up being kind of a waste but uh um that you know having said that there i mean if you get all these good actors together there's obviously going to be some watchability to it and there is and there's going to be some moments even if the script is like very basic and generic there's still going to be moments of good comedy and obviously jason bateman is uh I mean, I think Jason Bateman is like, like a he is like a seriously good 
comedic actor and dramatic actor. Like, I think he is... He's very underrated, but I mean, like, any movie he's in, he's so good. And I feel like he's normally in very middling movies like this, and it doesn't really, you know, give him... He doesn't have much to work with. Um, uh, you know, it's not up to his level. But I, I do think that he elevates things, but, I mean, it's... In this case, doesn't really... As much as they're elevating it, it's not enough. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, it just seems so weird that he is in a lot of projects that aren't exactly like they have potential, but they just aren't there. But it's, it's a shame because he is, he's a good leading man. Like I think, yeah. and he's, and he's always funny. Like I think Jason Bateman is super funny. Um, and you know, you got like Tina Fey and Adam driver and we got Peter Russo and Jane Fonda. Peter Russo, <laughs> our our Corey, buddy, Peter Russo, <laughs> Corey stole a uh, real name. You know, what was funny. Yeah. Like, did you, cause I saw this at a regal theater. So I'm, did, did did they have the same thing like where they showed the trailer for that greasy Reese movie and Corey Stoll came on? He's like, "Hello, I'm Corey Stoll." I did I not see a, it there. Oh, you didn't? Okay, because no. they showed the trailer for uh, the Good Lie uh, with Reese Witherspoon, and um, before the trailer, the Corey Stoll came on. He's like, "Hi, I'm Corey Stoll, and I have a perfectly bald head." And uh, <laughs> I am also in the film The Good Lie, and here's the trailer. I, I did not see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we just we didn't get any of those like hello regal moviegoers. Blah, yeah, blah, 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 like blah. it it was totally one of those, and obviously they did it because he's in both movies. Um, but yeah, I just I didn't know if you saw it, but uh, did not. Obviously, yeah, it was it was kind of funny, but <laughs> it's like they obviously chose him because he's in both movies. Anyway, um, but you know he's in it, he's good, and you've got a lot of like great supporting characters and. I don't know, like, I feel like, like, same thing I said about Skeleton Twins, where, like, they are just throwing, like, every, like, checking off the box of, like, every indie beat trope or whatever. I feel like this movie does the same thing, where, like, they're they're throwing in a lot of, like, problems that the characters have, or, like, you know, what else could, you know, they, like, what else could they be doing or have, and, and, um, there's a revelation at the end where, like, I kind of called it, and I was like, oh, they're actually going there, like, I'm not surprised, but... You know, like, it's just like, they're just like piling it on. I feel like the Skeleton Twins at least handled it better. Here, it just felt like, it never felt true to life. It just always felt like we are in a movie and, you know, that's it. This is all like movie world problems, you know. I don't know. Like, that's just how it felt in this movie. It didn't feel like people having real problems. It just was like, oh... Yeah, I don't know, but that that and also Tim, also Timothy Oliphant as like the boyfriend that Tina Fey once had and now is rendered helpless. Um, he just was so unnecessary. I mean, like I don't know why you would cast somebody like him in that role. I mean, it just well, seems like a waste I, I think, of him. I think it was because you had cast all like you had cast like, no, I, pretty yeah. much real people in all the other roles. So I think it it's, was an all star cast for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they obviously yeah. wanted a name or you know a, a recognizable face, but it's just once again, it just goes into the same thing that I've been saying is that so many good actors and it, it, know, it's it's interesting though that, that like that that you wouldn't enjoy that because you, you tend to. In, in at least in other reviews that like when you cast somebody like him in a completely quote unquote useless role like you usually celebrate that and that like they got him and then didn't do anything with like you usually enjoy the fact that they bring him on just to be not that important 
theoretically. I would, yeah, no, I totally would, but I feel like that the movie isn't special in any way. Like, I, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like Johnny Depp in Tusk, you know? Um, like, it's <laughs> Wait, not... Which, as we established, I had no clue it was him. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the funny thing, too, is I was trying to figure out who it was. Like, I was like, <laughs> I, I, like I recognized... Th- I recognize it as a person who I should know who it is, but I couldn't tell. And I was just like, I mean, Dude, he kind he kind of looked like Val Kilmer, to be honest. He looked like somebody definitely, but I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like that, like if the movie had been much stronger and, you know, they had him in this role and maybe that like there was something a little more going on with him other than just like, oh, he was this old fling and now he's, you know, he's had this accident. Like, I, yeah, I totally would would get it. But I feel like for this, it just, it seemed like such a, a waste of his time and, and talent and just like the other actors in the movie because I felt like they were above what the basic sort of genericness of the movie was. So, yeah. If it had been stronger, I totally, I probably would be like, yeah, like that was that was great. Timothy Oldman was just the, you know, <laughs> like the old love interest with the scar. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> also, also, seriously, was his name Hori or like I couldn't? They kept saying what I thought was Hori, but that's <laughs> no way a name. Yeah, it, it is Hori. I just looked it up. It's H O R R Y. R R Y. That's so yeah, weird because it just yeah. Because at first I thought it was like maybe it's Corey, but then like they were literally like no Hori, and I was like I, I, I don't know, this is weird. Here, here's a this like since I'm on the IMDb IMDb page right now, it's funny the uh, it's hilarious how um, how the data is being collected for their people who like this also like because the <laughs> things that everybody else like is every single movie that just came out. So you have Tusk, <laughs> The Drop, A Walk Among the Tombstones, The Guest. <laughs> Uh, the no good deed, and then Nightcrawler, which I'm excited about, but as far as oh, I yeah. know, isn't out yet. Not out yet, no. Yeah, but so, and all these movies are like completely unrelated to each other. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's, it's yeah. clearly it's just like everybody who was casting any sort of vote at all counted towards the selection because that's every movie that just came out. Yeah, it's all recent movies. Yeah, I guess I, I guess soon. the good news is that people aren't flocking to the site to downvote movies. It seems like only people who thought something was good <laughs> voted for it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Hori, that was just like uh, I haven't. Uh, it, it was like in the November Man. They had some weird names in that movie too. But anyway, yes, I don't remember any of the names, but I'll, uh, it was I, like it was like Kadinka, like some weird <laughs> Russian names, <laughs> some Russian names that made me laugh. I was well, like, that's it, not a real name. In all fairness, it was taking places over overseas. So it was, it was, but like the Russian names felt like so exaggerated to the point of like comedy, where there's like, oh, like, uh, yeah, like I'm swear, like the one, like that one assassin chick was like Kadinka, sex a lot, or it was something weird <laughs> like that. Kadinka sex a lot. It was it was borderline like Austin Powers parody. I, I think it's it's, it's pronounced Kadinkia. <laughs> <laughs> one of one of the one of the small pleasures in that film was uh, was that, and we never <laughs> talked about the November Man. I'm going off on a tangent, tangent, we but yeah. So- well, let's stick to this is where I leave. Okay, you yeah, before we leave people and go. I, off I'm le- I'm leaving. This is where I leave you. <laughs> going off <laughs> well, on other things. Um. 
Yeah, so did I like Smash or did I like this movie? Um, Here's the f- moment of truth. Drum roll. And I liked this movie. Oh, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, and I, I, I will say, like, your your complaints are, are valid. This film isn't necessarily doing anything that any other film of this genre hasn't done. But for some reason, it worked so well. Like, I, I genuinely really, really, really like this movie. Um, I was not going to see it at all, just based on the trailer. I know, I just figured that you wanted to see this because it was another movie with Adam Driver in it. Oh, he, of course, and he's yeah. And your, your buddy. And I was like, well, as much as I'd like to see another scene with sex and nachos, I, <laughs> I just don't think that I'm up for this. And this is one of those things where I walked out being very thankful that I actually saw it. And it's it's not the way any one thing in the film is handled. It's not It's not any one character story arc i don't know for some reason just the overall narrative of a bunch of people and making shitty decisions in really shitty uh life circumstances just is one of those films that i felt <laughs> like it made me as steven would like to say it made me feel the feels um yeah for some reason just <laughs> like every character resonated with me and some like not that i'm anywhere related to the character of adam driver but just for some reason like everybody there's some aspect to every character that um, just just hit me in the exact way you want it in a film like this. I it, As I was watching it, I was feeling like, I think this film is manipulative, but I'm fine with it manipulating me. Like, it, it, for some reason, it hit all the beats that I needed in that moment. And I think, honestly, that having seen... Like, I literally saw this two hours before I saw the skeleton twins and i think the skeleton twins never had a chance of <laughs> of anything like having walked having just like walked out on it, 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 this is i was trying to think of it as i left the skeleton twins i think this um this film made i forget i, I had this phrase in my head that was like i tend to like try to make those phrases where like i say the same thing twice but each one is words reversed um so it was like this this film uh, this is where I leave you left me in a a happy sorrow and the skeleton twins left me in a negative happiness <laughs> like, wanting to kill yourself <laughs> it, yeah in like a sorrowful like the yeah well I mean this that movie was like consistently dark and this movie is much lighter it has a whole the whole tone is light even yeah. though it's about death and other yeah, things and, and, and I think that's what it is is, is the other film was obviously suicide is is much heavier of a, a a feeling than just the problems that the cast of this film is going through but i felt like that film was trying to be this funny film that took place in the setting of this sorrowful thing and this film like like i didn't walk out of this is where i leave you thinking it was a funny movie what i walked out of it feeling is it was a very strong emotionally centered film that had perfectly spaced the joke and they were like okay what it felt like is in 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 the skeleton twins you had heavy scene followed by it by a scene that was clearly supposed to be the humorous moment you know like like uh, bill Hader puts on that song and starts dancing to it to try to cheer yeah. up Kristen wig like that is a film having a, a sad scene followed by a, a jokey scene in this is where I leave you. What it felt like is the joke scene that followed the sad moment was the joke that a person would make them in real life to try to lighten the mood. Like yeah, it was like a, catharsis. 
Yeah, like it, like it, it felt, it felt like the scenarios themselves seemed heightened and over the top, but the reactions of the characters felt so so authentic to me. And like, it, I don't know, it just, it, it was a film that, it, and part of it is because it is an ensemble cast, and because there are so many people going through different things that it felt very universal. Like it felt like you could empathize with all of the characters, plus you could latch onto any one character given any one situation. But in the Skeleton Twins, it was like, like there was only two problems. One is that like a guy just tried to kill himself, and the other one is that a a, a chick doesn't want to have a baby and she's cheating on her husband. Like th- those are like there's only two yeah. problems. There's only two characters that were going through any sort of an arc, and this was a whole family going through a whole situation. And and each person, it wasn't like all of them were experiencing the same problem. They were all experiencing one problem while simultaneously trying to deal with their own problems on the side. And it, it just felt like a a such a more complex broad uh it was like very broad strokes emotionally and all of them for me you know I, I i say this a lot when we review films that have like feeling type stuff in it like i'm just at a part in my life where it's easy for me to empathize with people going through lots of different things so like this is just one of those films that um i don't know i just i just really vibed on it and every time something happened and something was added to the story whether it was good or bad i was just totally on board with it and i think that um yeah, it's, it's, I really, really enjoyed it. And I walked out of it so happy that I didn't pass on it. Um, because it, it was like on my, on my list for the things I wanted to see the, the, this film, it was probably at the end of it. Um, not because I thought it looked bad, but just because I didn't care. Like I had no, I, it was kind of like a neutral film for me. Like I, I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that I was like, oh, that movie looks dumb. It was just like, oh, that's that movie where a bunch of people I know, try to crack jokes at a funeral like that that's the kind of the idea i got from it but instead i got like just a really interest like my my biggest complaint about it probably is is the rose Byrne character um like that's the only thing that feels very convenient mm. convenient like she's there to try to add a little bit more um Hap- not not happiness overall because there is some complexity that comes from her existence but like she she's the only thing that doesn't feel authentic to me um no i mean she feels very movie contrived yeah character stock you know she's almost playing like the the manic pixie dream girl in 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 a way yeah yeah Uh, but it's it's like i mean she's definitely not the main focus which is why it doesn't completely take me out but i think and, and and don't don't get me wrong like i like her what her character could be and i like her as an actress um, yeah, she's fine in the film. It's just she's the only one that feels like super contrived. Um, yeah, I mean, it, she's got to, you know, get down on the ice rink with Jason Bateman and have a heart to heart. Yeah, she has to recreate the, the scene <laughs> from the cover of um, Eternal, Eternal Sunshine. Sunshine. As well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, it was funny when that camera was panning up. I was like, ah. Someone you know, likes Eternal Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, it's like this too. Sean Levy really loves Eternal Sunshine. Uh, um, but but no, like I I. Yeah, something I I really love this movie, and, and well, I'm, it, I'm glad you enjoyed it because I mean, I, like I said, I didn't hate it, but I can see where people would really enjoy. Like, this is totally a movie my parents will love. Like, I think yeah. that they would. I mean, it, it's kind of in that like older demographic. Like, <laughs> are you calling me old? Can, Chris is secretly an old white grandma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But it, it has that kind of feel. But, dude, I totally was the same way that you are about this movie with the movie Begin Again, which I don't... Have you seen that? Or I, ha- I haven't seen it. Um, is that... Which one Kira is Knight- that? With yeah. Keira Knightley and Mark Ruffalo. 
I think you would like that movie <laughs> that, too. That, I do want to see it. Like I'm, like I'm a sucker. I will watch anything that Keira Knightley is in. Yeah, I mean, including what, what's her new movie where she like befriends the little kids? Oh, Laggy. Got, yeah, 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 Laggies. Yeah, well, I'm Sam not, Rockwell's in that too. I totally so. want to see that stupid movie. Dude, I mean, Keira Knightley is completely adorable in Begin Again, and Mark Ruffalo is great. I mean, that whole movie is just. And I saw a lot of people just poop on that movie, saying like it's all manipulative and just, just you know. It's so twee and and it's very, you know, like feel goody, like sentimental hallmark. But I I saw that movie and just thought it was like the most like the nicest, like just, you know, I had a great time watching it and uh, I just didn't care. I mean, it just like it for me, that movie, just all the elements came together and it was like, yes, like it is it's it's been done before. It's super, you know uh sentimental at times but it works because of the actors and it's just a really nice movie and it's got great music in it and like i totally was that the way with that movie so like i know where you're coming from but this movie didn't affect me the the way that like that i had with begin again because i walked out of begin again was like the same way i was like i just had a great feeling it was like it was just a a really good feel-good movie yeah, yeah, and, and so it, if anything, you should see Begin Again. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll I'll definitely give it a give it a watch. But yeah, I, I think this is one of those things where like I could never argue with any of your points. Like all I'm telling you is what I felt watching this film. Yeah, um, and I think that 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 this film is perfect for that situation. You're either gonna feel it or you're not. It's it's sort of like the 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 plot and the story is sort of unimportant in a way. It's really just like this film hit me in all the places it attempted to and that worked for me and for you obviously it, it didn't have that effect for you and yeah maybe, i mean may- there was a there were a couple scenes that i did enjoy. i mean i liked when dak shepherd got his comeuppance you know <laughs> i mean like there were i wish like the whole movie had been like that like more i mean for me it was like that that scene came together and yeah, I was like, and, okay, that's yeah. The, that's the thing is like, I when I walked out, I didn't think of this as a funny movie. I thought of it as a very serious toned movie with realistic humor in it. I mean, yeah. just like there, 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 there's a great scene where, um, where Jason Bateman has has just found out some new information, and Adam Driver comes like popping around the corner, and he's like, "So it looks like this is one of those situations where you either want to talk to somebody or you don't. So if you could just like let me know." which one okay cool i'll go (laughs) like it like that was it's not even really a joke like that's an like i've been there in that situation where you're you're like you don't know what that person needs yeah and you can't really ask them because like then it just makes it awkward in general but like adam driver is sort of the type of person or character that would like be fine being a little bit awkward in attempts to like i don't know there's it, it for like this film had like poop jokes that I didn't think were stupid. Like the poop jokes are like extremely cute in this film. Um, it had yeah. it had uh, pot scenes that I didn't think were just like normal pot humor. Like it was very much like they they use the scenes instead of like we're gonna make funny pot humor. They use the uh, the looseness of the pot attitude to communicate feely type stuff. Like I, I don't know. I just think it was. This is one of those films that. Like, it definitely could, I can see how you would see it as middling, because even while I was watching it, while I was enjoying it, while I was loving it, I was feeling like, I think this film isn't as good as I'm feeling it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for me, like, it would, I mean, maybe on repeat, like, if I were to go back and watch it again, maybe it wouldn't hit me as well. But, like, I don't know, there's something about, um, like, each of the characters are very just 
believable. Like, I, I, like there's great moments too between Jason Bateman and Tina Fey where like Tina Fey is making actions that relate to certain things that are happening in Jason Bateman's arc. And she's talking to him about his scenario and like, she's just like, she's like, she'd say, don't compare, compare me to this person because it's completely different. Like there's they're just really interesting insight in that the characters like it's not just a bunch of people who have it together interacting with jason bateman who doesn't have it together every person interact interacting with every other character is bringing in the take they have from their own dysfunction into that conversation so it's like like one of the one of the complaints i had about the skeleton twins was that the characters never address each other's issues they're just trying to be friendly with each other without actually admitting that the other person is going through anything and i think like that bothered me in that film because in this film like everybody knows that they're shitty people and they're just trying to interact with other shitty people in the best way they can and there's just something i don't know something about it really worked yeah um and i know i think that i like that it is i mean because i would not classify it as a comedy either i think it is a drama with comedy in it because you know like everyone says like you know there is still comedy and tragedy yeah um and you know life is funny like even when it's not um it still is or you can still find comedy in those places because i mean it is they're not going for like you know set up joke it's just the humor is coming out of the interactions between these people yeah um, and whether it's, you know, like an awkward scene, an awkward moment, or, you know, just, it's just whatever they're saying to each other. And that, that at least they, at least they were going for that sort of natural vibe, but it still just feels hindered by the fact that it's, it's within this, you know, the confinements of like the movie world and, and the structure of it just feels very like assembly line to me. Yeah. And that's why it never, to me, it couldn't ever break free from that and be like the movie that it could have been yeah and then it and then also i didn't think that it had enough to just make it where like i'm just enjoying it for you know it being what it is like begin again or like a dan in real life um because i just didn't think it was up to that level because i feel like you need to have I don't know, it's almost like how I said like with uh like with Lucy, like with these dumb action movies, like you almost need to be like creative and smart to make it that dumb because you have to make sure everything's like gelling. Um and like also this movie uh the movie Chef, John Favreau did was the same way. It was very, you know, been there done that, but it was elevated completely by the actors. Uh, and the characters of it, um, and like the feel, the feel goodness actually felt genuine. It didn't feel like it was being made in a factory, yeah, you know, well, something. Well, I, I also one of the things I really love about the film too is like the, the standard trope would be like there's problems. All the characters may have some epiphany during the course of the film, and then they correct those problems, or at least they move in a trajectory of of having that problem corrected. But I feel like in this film, like everybody gets that epiphany of what their problem is. But they, there's no exit strategy for that problem. Like they kind of like at the end, once the you know the shiva's all done, they they all sort of like they go back to their lives with this knowing recognition of what is wrong, but yeah. no idea how to change that at all. Like they they don't they don't there's nothing they can do to stop it. They kind of just leave with that knowing uh, 
resignation of about their life. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like every character could have had an ha- a happy ending, but instead they return to the status quo. Um, even like Jason, like Jason Bateman has the best exit strategy, but yeah, but him and said exit strategy realized that there's more to just like, Hey, I found an exit strategy. Like you have to go on, like go on and do your thing. Um, maybe take an exit on a freeway and not take and not <laughs> Actual go for the <laughs> exit str- <laughs> other exit strategy. Yeah. But like, I, I mean, I, and I really like that too. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was oh, obvious. Well, you knew, I mean, that yeah. was something that was telegraphed from like the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. When he I, said I, like, I, Oh, when I was driving down the freeway. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, you yeah. know, you know, it's going to end with that, but I think it was such a perfect little bow on the end. Like it's one of those things where it doesn't feel like they telegraphed it and it was obvious it was going to happen. But when it happens, it just leaves you with like maybe a little bit of a smile as opposed to like, well, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It just. I mean, and I, I wasn't going like, oh, like groaning because I, I mean, this this movie wasn't on that level. It wasn't like groan worthy Hallmarky type of thing, but it was just like it was just there. Like and then I had no I was just like, oh, OK, he's going to get off. Yeah, that's exactly how I thought it was going to. You know, yeah. there was no like. It was just it was it was middling like I like that, that's exactly how all middling movies are. You know, I, <laughs> I have the same reaction where it's just like, OK, it exists. It's a movie. Well, I mean, it, that's the, about it. There was only stay on the freeway or get off the freeway. Like the, the only there's there was no middle road you could take. It was just no go no. left or go right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, well, I didn't leave the theater angry. And that's another thing of all middling movies. You just go out and be like, it happened. (laughs) Yeah, but you're you're saying it didn't leave you like that. No, it did not. No, I didn't leave the theater angry like, oh, like this movie's a piece of crap, you know? Like, no, it didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. Like I said, it was not a bad movie. It's just a movie that's just not that doesn't rise above the middling status. So, so anger, this is not where I leave you. <laughs> right, yes. Nice. Milk toast is where I leave you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, any, any last thoughts on the film? Uh, no. I think we've covered it. Cool. So uh, let's go ahead and get to our recommendations then. If you were going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? I think it's, um, it is probably the easiest wait for rental I could ever give because if this movie came on HBO at like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, that's exactly the kind of way you could, that's probably the best way to consume this movie. (laughs) Um, Well, as you guys have heard, I was, I very much love this film. And for that, I'm going to give a reckoner with the caveat caveat being obviously if you don't feel the feels in this movie, then it's not going to feel as great as it did for me. Um, but at the same time, like I, like, you know, as, as I said, I recognize all the flaws that Carson has talked about. Um, and I cannot vault him at all for not feeling this film the way I did. It's just one of those things where it either works for you or it doesn't. Um, but as he said, it didn't have him le- walk out angry. So if I recommend it and you go see it, at least you won't walk out angry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that dude, it, it'll probably, it, it's definitely the kind of movie that would totally work on that kind of person or if you're in that kind of mood you never know it's definitely like a subjective certainly comes down to that uh type of thing 
Yeah, and like like I said, I, I often see films in weird moods, and it can definitely affect the way you see it. I may have been in the perfect mood to see this. I may be the perfect age to see this, um, or at least approaching the perfect age to see it. Um, I don't know. So, I will say though, slight tangent, but not really, because it's Jason Bateman related. But uh, I think Horrible Bosses Two looks pretty damn funny. <laughs> I I just saw the preview for it before Skeleton <laughs> Twins, and I will say I kind of laughed a little bit. I am very excited to see Christoph Waltz and Chris Pine as the, I guess, villains essentially of the, of the movie. And I will say too, like they got away with a lot in that trailer because it wasn't a red band trailer. But when like Jennifer Aniston shows up and is like, <laughs> I'm gonna tell yeah, on dude, all you like, guys. Yeah, uh, dude, like Charlie Day actually said bullshit at the end, which I was surprised. I was like, wow, the MPAA is getting uh, lenient on these things. Well, like they 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 literally. So I mean. Spoilers for the trailer. Um, Jennifer Aniston <laughs> shows up and says she's going to tell on the three boys unless the three of them have sex with her. And there's a scene in the trailer, a general for all audience trailers, where they're trying to decide who gets which orifice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously they don't use explicit words, but there's there's no confusion over yeah. what is... Ta- it's not like they're like, do you want to go to like... Do you want to take like backyard, front yard, and attic? Like they're they're not even like disguising it. Like no, no. They they say words that refer to actual parts of the female anatomy, and um, I was kind of like, whoa, that's like normal general audiences, but but I mean, I guess it makes sense because it's in front of an R-rated movie. Like this true, is where true. I, this is where I leave you was R, and so was Skeleton Twins. So it's like you're already seeing a movie that's going to have naughty words in it. So true, I guess, true, you true. Know. Yeah, it's not like they're showing that trailer in front of like uh, Dolphin Tale Two or something. <laughs> Big Hero Number Six. <laughs> <laughs> like whoa. whoa. Uh, good times. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our episode. So Carson, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com/christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show. If you want to figure out when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to... This is where I leave you, so... We will leave you with that playing. Um, Yes. Thanks for joining me again, Carson. Yes, you're very welcome. And we will see you guys all later. Bye.